0: What's up? You're listening to another episode of the Niagara Moon Podcast. I'm Thomas Irwin, and uh, you've probably heard a few times already by now, but uh, Huimin and I recently went on a trip to Japan. Uh, Specifically, uh, we were in Kyoto for most of the time where I used to live and uh, where I used to have uh, a band. I led my first band, Otarehan, over there. And we had a little reunion with them uh, during our stay. We actually got to do a whole show together. I just paused to get a glass of water, and now uh, somebody nearby is using a big-ass riding mower or something. So uh, don't let that distract you too much. Anyway, uh, yes, so I lived in Kyoto, Japan, for a total of like two and a half years, and uh, I was very involved with music over there. Um, I thought I would uh, make this episode all about uh, what my experience was doing music in Japan and uh, how it's different or not so different from uh, the experiences I've had back here in America. This could end up being 15 minutes. It could uh, end up needing to be a two-parter. I have no idea. I'm going to just start uh, rambling and see where that gets us. So just in the interest of time, I'll kind of gloss over what uh, got me to Japan in the first place. I mean, the myriad of reasons I was uh, inclined to study it when I was a teenager, and then it was my uh, my major in college. That was my first opportunity through a study abroad program at UMass Amherst for me to uh, live in Japan for a long period of time. I had uh, previously visited there as a tourist for a couple months first in the summer of 2011, I started college that fall and uh, set myself up to study abroad for one year at a university called Kansai Gaidai, sort of in between Kyoto and Osaka. And um, I was very excited about that. And uh, the semester would not start until September, but I took it upon myself to uh, go back to Japan again a few uh, months before that. And um, travel around the country a bit more, try woofing, which is uh, basically you work on a farm, and instead of getting paid, you uh, get free uh, room and board, and uh, you know, you have some days off where you can sightsee around, sort of like having a host family. I had two very positive experiences with it, my first two uh, places I stayed, and then a couple more iffy. Experiences, and that might be a whole another podcast. But uh, it can be hit and miss. Uh, overall, I found it totally worth it. And uh, of course, I also did some couch surfing, and it was through couch surfing in particular that I uh, made my first few friends in Kyoto, and everything kind of branched out from there in terms of uh, making connections in the uh, the music scene. So I spent some time hanging out in Kyoto before I was to, uh, start at Kansai Gaidai. And eventually, uh, school did start and I was initially staying at a dorm near the campus. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, about a 30, 40 minute train ride away from Kyoto, but it was not in Kyoto. And, uh, you know, based on my experiences over the summer and, um, just the, the appeal of that city in particular, I kind of had it in my mind. Eh, I don't want to live on campus. I don't want to live in a dorm. I don't want to live in this weird sort of city, sort of town without uh, any music venues or anything going on. So I took it upon myself to uh, find a place to live in Kyoto. Just It was pretty happenstance. Um, I was just out late one night with uh, some friends that I'd met through couch surfing, and we were all just drinking by the river and there is this other group drinking by the river and we just all uh ended up hanging out together and connecting on facebook and then one of the uh the people i'd met he mentioned how there was a uh they call them share houses basically multi-bedroom apartments uh where people live together i think it's a really efficient word and i keep using the term to refer to places back here in america and people get confused but it's Sharehouses. It's it's where you live when it's not a one-bedroom and you're not just uh, moving in with your buddies that you uh, you knew before. And that sharehouse that I ended up living for over a year, at least, that was called Otarehan, not to be confused with the, uh, the band I eventually formed. But anyway, so I am technically going to this school outside of town, but I'm minimizing my time on campus there as much as possible, really, because... Uh, My whole social scene became uh, the place I was living, Otarehan, and the uh, people I was starting to meet through music. Um, Not all, but a big part of the reason I was interested in Japan and wanted to spend time there was I fell in love with all these uh, different musicians and bands and producers, all this music that I had discovered through the internet here and there, this treasure trove of what I thought was just really great music that nobody else knew about and uh, it was kind of inspiring to me, and I looked forward to kind of tapping into that and and meeting other people who might be more familiar with these artists. That was just something kind of in the back of my mind. This damn mower is exposing the fact that uh, I edit different parts of this together rather than just uh, saying everything in one go. Anyway, let's back up again. So I was totally keen on ingratiating myself into the local music scene, and this was kind of a weird crossroads time in my musical development, for lack of a better term. Um, what I do now with Niagara Moon is very different than uh, what I was doing, you know, eight, 10 years ago. Uh, I was solely focused on instrumental music and kind of experimenting with sound and electronic music. I guess is, is what you'd call a lot of it. Um, I was in a totally different space than a singing and songwriting. I hadn't really, I'd barely touched that at all. Uh, by the time, so this is when I was 18. Yeah, I would just turned 19, actually. I moved into this new place. I was right on the cusp of just getting very bored of making that kind of music. I, fe- I felt like I wasn't putting any of my own self or personality into it or i was doing a lot of it just out of habit from when i was more interested in it three years ago i was so i was kind of very unsure at this point what my relationship to music was but at the same time you know i was to det- determine how my whole social scene revolve around it and i wanted to perform but what would performing look like i mean i'm just a guy with a laptop and a midi keyboard way i i started kind of just be puzzled more about what I was doing and what kind of musical artist I wanted to be. So I'm in my totally new environment, living in a share house in Kyoto with, um, you know, my three roommates were all like in their late twenties. One was a dancer, uh, and they were kind of kind of hippie-ish. Um, it was it was totally a blast living there. But um, I was just meeting a lot of other new people around town. And I had just turned 19, so this is generally a uh, an age where you go through a lot of changes and kind of development, you know, identity, all that stuff, a little bit more. I, like I said, I was bored of just the electronic thing. I had very little experience singing, and uh, it was not something I was comfortable with. I didn't identify myself as a singer or a songwriter. These were very kind of aloof uh terms to me but i wanted to just have more opportunity to fool around with that and my current setup wasn't doing it so i bought a piano but given how small the uh the house i was living in was and i mean it was small japanese houses are not uh very grand by any means um but it's cool it's tight uh i got a mini grand piano and i mean mini Like, it was pretty much exactly what uh, Schroeder from Peanuts would play. I looked like him just sitting on the ground with my tiny keys. Um, But it was perfect setup, just, you know, me sitting. Sometimes I'd have uh, some alone time with this, uh, you know, this fake grand piano. I'd just start playing chords, and um, I started uh, making up some melodies and, like, melodies that I could sing. This was kind of a first for me. A few months go by, I'm collecting these melody ideas and playing chords and starting to sing in my head. I even, you know, my way of writing lyrics is pretty much always just, I just chant out gibberish until something forms that sort of feels like it makes sense and it it fits the vocal melody. I'm doing all this and, uh, I'm not singing out, but I'm singing more in the living room and I, you know, it, I, it eventually catches up with me that, Hey, I'm not producing weird, instrumental electronic tracks anymore. I'm sitting here and kind of more or less writing songs. These are songs you can teach to a guitarist and a bassist, and you could have a drummer going and I'm, I'm more or less doing just like classic kind of pop pop songs at this point, indie pop songs, whether I knew it or not, I started telling uh, friends around me, um, I'm looking to start a group. I, uh, I figured with these new songs that had uh, ended up forming, I should uh, find some people to play them with and just form a traditional kind of uh, ensemble, little uh, indie pop rock ensemble. So I was trying to tell everybody about that, and um, the same guy that had uh, told me via Facebook that there was a share house looking for a new housemate. He had a friend whose nickname, uh, what he went by was Bootsugu and fun fact, Bootsugu is actually the dude who did all the uh, artwork for the Fuss Budget EP and, um, other characters in that uh, experience. Super talented guy. Um, I was really happy. I was able to reconnect with him anyway. Uh, Putsku was a dude who played guitar and uh, wrote some songs. And apparently he was looking to do something, too, and he was pretty uh, open and flexible as to what that would be. Um, we met up a couple times, and there was enough kind of common ground, similar artists that we liked, that uh, we we were playing around with the idea of having a group together. So that happened. I also... Uh, was mentioning the fact that I was looking for people to play with to my uh, my former boss at a uh, cafe. Again, this was a connection I made through couch surfing. Uh, I f- went out with friends to uh, this cafe that was looking to hire English speakers to host a weekly, uh, they called it English night. Uh, I would basically take people's uh, food orders and drink orders and get them to use English, all these uh, Japanese locals. I try to have conversations with them in English and just get everybody engaged in different conversation topics. It's a good time. Shout out to Café Frosch. Uh, but so the, me, the uh, I guess at this point, former manager of Café Frosch, she introduced me to a dude near living super close to the cafe, like literally uh, less than a block away, 30-second walk uh his name was Diutaro. he was a drummer and she put us in touch she uh she got him to come by the cafe and I'm I uh chatted with him telling him some of the artists I liked and uh you know I play a little bass mainly I play keyboards I'm writing songs we go back to his house again 30 second walk away he gets on his electronic drum set I um I forgot to tell you that around the same time I got the mini piano, I also uh, went to a nearby music shop and got literally the cheapest electric bass they had. I uh, It was a piece of crap. But I had learned bass a little bit when I was much, much younger. I never took it nearly as seriously as I took learning the keyboard. I wouldn't really practice that much. My, my skills weren't that great. They still aren't. I just know enough to... Uh, record uh, a bunch of overdubs basically. But anyway, apparently he had been told something different than what I had uh, told the Cafe Frost manager. I was looking to form a whole group myself and do my own songs. And Heath had thought that I was just a, a guy who thought he could play bass and, you know, would join just any given act, any given band. Um, and I thought at the time, oh, maybe that would be uh, interesting to me to to just join a band, but you know, I really what I was after was uh, doing my own song. So it's it's good that I never wasted anybody's time. But jammed out with him a little bit, and I could tell he was like, "Oh, this kid's not actually that good at bass." And I was also like, "Why am I playing bass right now?" Uh, but then I show him my SoundCloud and uh, some sort of in between electronic experimentation and these uh i was i at least was doing covers at this point i covered a japanese song and i was singing just very timidly uh into my handheld uh sm57 mic but there was kind of some cool elements about it and i showed him this and maybe an instrumental song i'd done recently and he was like hey th- this is interesting you're this this is cool i could find you i could help find you people to um join whatever you want to do if you're doing this kind of cool off-kilter indie pop stuff and that's just Litaro he's super helpful and just a sweet guy and definitely my my best friend from Kyoto we've still kept up after all this time but anyway so I, I had two things going on now I was in talk with Butsugu a guitarist and um I don't know why I didn't see right away that Litaro is a great drummer and I'd want to enlist him to play with us. Maybe I was still under the mindset that I didn't want a drummer. It's it's too much hassle and it'd be interesting to make music that doesn't use a drummer and it'll set us apart from other groups. I don't know what I was thinking. But he uh, went around with me and I learned all these places that you could go to... uh, advertise whatever you're doing musically. If you're looking for band members or you have an album coming out, there were all these different kind of hip cafes around Kyoto and so many live venues. This is when I first learned how many places there were to play around the city. I know we didn't even uh, go to half of them to post up flyers, but we went to at least a dozen. And there's also so many rehearsal studios These awesome places, I mean, really useful for indie musicians. Just these different um, spaces you go, you pay by the hour, and uh, usually don't have to reserve too far ahead of time, you know, depending on the desirability of the place. A day or two before it can sometimes do it, but um, you know, you get a whole big room totally set up with equipment, everything's there just for you to borrow. You know, you get say uh, two hours for forty bucks. Split that between four people. I mean, that's a pretty good deal, I think. And uh, they got all drum sets already set up, mics, PA, all the amps you'd need. Um, There's usually a keyboard there for me to borrow. I didn't need to bring my own keyboard or worry about that. And you realize how easy it is to start a band and do a band in the city for little money i kind of took that for granted at the time uh and then since coming back to america and then realizing how many more logistics are involved when you don't have that as a resource to use i guess people just have to you know count on having a basement and garage and uh, provide all their own equipment i guess that's how it works but so that was awesome just to kind of see more of this uh this local scene kind of understand it more um and he was kind of my guide at this point. Lutaro told me, you know, so some of uh, what his favorite bands were. He was currently playing in a couple of bands um, as a drummer. So he kind of introduced me more of, uh, you know, the places I might want to go and check out, some other good people to talk to. And uh, so things were rolling. I uh, found through these flyers, there is one kid named Shuhei. Another extraordinarily talented uh, singer and songwriter, he connected with me, and um, once I, once I met him, I, I kind of everything else fell into place for a while. He was a guitarist. He wrote great songs. He had an, an amazing singing voice, way better than than mine. And uh, when we met a few times, and we we enjoyed hanging out, and we kind of identified what we had in common musically. We were kind of set on, on doing something together, and I was totally okay with the idea of doing half his songs and half my songs, especially since I didn't have a ton of fully formed material yet. And then um, I also was getting more and more in the idea of having my own original songs just be in Japanese if I was going to perform them to uh, just Japanese people play them with Japanese people. It's like, why would I insist on having this all be English? Anyway, so to kind of sum this all up, Butsugu Shuhei, and I, we we started to meet a few times and uh, share kind of our own personal favorite songs with each other, what we might want to start actually playing together. Um, Things are starting to fall into place. And uh, I decided to lyrically collaborate with both of them for my songs or, you know, some of my melody ideas, I, uh, I wanted to co-write and Bootsku and I sat down, I played him the chords and melody for one, for what ended up being uh, one of our first songs, Long Vacation. One of my, it's it's super kind of gimmicky, but it's, it's one of my favorite Otarehan tunes. You can find it on Spotify, I think, uh, and he uh, kind of took the narrative onto himself. He had like a notebook out and he was like drawing characters um, to kind of help with the storytelling of the, of the lyrics. This is something completely new to me. It's more elaborate than anything I'd ever done. But So it's a song about uh, waking up really early in the morning to go to work and you're kind of hungover and miserable. And on your way to work, um, you see a car accident and you're like, hmm, I wonder what happened there. And then at work later on the news, you see that the person died and you're like, oh, lucky them. So th- this kid had some, had some dark stuff going on, maybe, I don't know. But um, with the kind of like dorky, uh, upbeat melody, I think it was, it was an interesting combo. And uh, with Shuhei, I went to his apartment a few times. We, we uh, nailed down the lyrics for at least a couple songs together, um, one of which, Pressure, that turned out really well. Um, I have an English version of that. It's probably on iTunes, If you and I translated it basically as faithfully as I could. Uh, kind of a comment on society with that one. That song pressure turned out pretty well. But anyway, so I'm co-writing. Even some of the Japanese lyric writing, I'm pulling off myself. Um, I even got to the point where I'd write a whole song. I'd write all the lyrics myself, and obviously a lot of it would be grammatically incorrect. I didn't have the big, best command of the language so I'd take it to, uh, you know, one of the other guys, and they'd um, help me just kind of polish it out and, and improve on parts that didn't make as much sense. So we're doing it. I, I got these this uh, these two guitarists. Um, I guess the agreement was, you know, depending on the song, people take turns playing bass. That's how it usually ends up. And it quickly becomes apparent to me at this point, you know, a couple months in, oh, I'm, I'll suck it up and get a drummer. And this is the kind of music we're doing now. We're doing the the classic uh, four-piece sort of indie rock. So let's just conform to that and and find a good drummer. And it was kind of a no-brainer at that point to just be like, oh, Litaro, do you actually want to play with us? You've (laughs) helped me find everybody else in the band, basically. And he was down. And within a couple months after that, so this was like six months tops after me getting to, after me moving into a place in Kyoto, we uh, we had a gig. Gigs are very easy to set up. I don't know how it is in different cities in America. I sort of know how it is in Seattle. It's not that difficult in Seattle, but it's like in Kyoto, if you just have enough to demonstrate that you're going to show up and you're not terrible and you can be reasonably reliable and agreeable... Um, there are venues that want to have these indie bands that are just starting out, and they'll put together the night for you. They'll they'll The booking guys at these places will pick the other bands to play with you if you let them, you know, if you're not too particular about the kind of event you want or uh, when you're going to play, you know, if you're fine with any day of the week. So that was really cool. It was kind of all happening before I could, like, mentally keep track of it but uh this is just happened to be when my dad came over to visit me and uh he got to see our very first show and i think it went over pretty well except for uh butsugu like last minute wasn't in town and we didn't know why and we couldn't get in touch with them so just that night we had to go on as a three-piece uh which is weird but again i think the show went fine people seem to uh get a kick out of the songs and then also enjoy the uh the melodies in them and the other bands that we played with were great i'd never met the guys before and i don't think i ever met them again but like i got a sense quickly that the just the standard um like the level that's expected or just ordinary of like a totally indie amateur group was pretty high like the band sounded really good um, and they had levels dialed in. Uh, I don't know if it's less this way in a um, in a smaller city. Might be the case. But just I was like, ooh, everybody is, is doing something pretty impressive here. And it was really enjoyable to hear. So we eventually got in touch with Butzugu. Uh He had a valid reason to not be in town. But just the, the way everything was communicated was a little unfortunate and kind of from him. Uh, he uh, decided he didn't want to continue with the group. So we're down to three-piece, but for the time being, we were we were making things work with the three-piece. Shuhei was a great songwriter, and he had a lot of material available that we could just start with. And, you know, I'm kind of doing my beatles E keyboard thing, um, putting more songs together. And, of course, we have the uh, foreigner doing music in Japan, Novelty, singing in Japanese, that would... That would always get everybody's attention. Uh, and Liutaro is totally solid drummer. So it's not like we had nothing to work with. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, we still went ahead and um, decided we want to try to do a show like once a month, um, which might be a lot for when you're not really leaving one city. It's probably thought of um, oversaturating your, your local scene. Uh, that might be how it is here in the States. I don't know, but... We kept that up. We eventually found a bassist uh, who happened to be a bandmate with Goo in another band that Bootsugu was doing. So it's a very tight knit community. There's a lot of familiar faces. Um, you know, when I got to uh, go to these places enough, eventually you keep kind of seeing the same people. It's cool. It's it was uh, it was definitely community feeling, and I guess I kind of got that sense doing music in Seattle, too, to an extent, but I feel like it was even more in, uh, in Kyoto. But we eventually get a bassist on board, Shul and he's super good bassist. Uh, again, we played with him just uh, last month in Japan for our reunion show, and I was reminded how, um, how nimble his fingers are, and he just has a great sense of timing. He's got a really funky playing style, so it was great connecting with him. So we're a four-piece. Oh, yeah, I never told you what the band was called. So before we settled on the band name Otadehan, and obviously I I gave the band that name uh, based off of the name of the share house I lived, but before Otadehan, we were calling ourselves Opoyos. And I think this was because Butsugu's girlfriend, her name was Poyo, and then we were just kind of like, having fun with that word. And then uh, Opoios came out of that sort of kind of an abstract thing to explain. But so as Opoios, things are going pretty good. Um, But then for, you know, kind of similar band drama unreliability reasons, um, things came to pass with Shuhei, the other main songwriter. And, uh, you know, after the second kind of member calamity this uh this change up it was Lutaro, my rock and uh, the bassist Shotaro and we decided we were going to call ourselves Otarehan kind of sh- shed our previous band skin or whatever uh, we were all kind of not inspired any way or the other with um the band identity yet or like what kind of name we're going to give ourselves so I was just I like the word that I like the name of my share house so I'll make it The name of this group, and that's kind of just how it all quickly fell together. It is at this point that I'm realizing I should just break this up into a a two-parter and have the uh, second episode, the next episode, uh, explore my experience recording Otarehan in Japan and how all that went and making making CDs and selling CDs. I think I'm going to save that for part two. So... I hope you enjoyed listening to this. This is my first time recounting um, this whole story pretty much ever, trying to just mentally frame it all. I, I hope you found this interesting. It's, it's hard for me to judge as I just uh, sit here rambling by myself. But, um, yeah, next week I will, uh, I'll tell you the second half of the tale. And uh, until then, I hope you have a good week and i will leave you off with uh, our song long vacation from the first otarehan album kyō <laughs> Shita
1: do fly away,